Angel Talk is a special podcast presented by Raise for Rowan, a nonprofit organization that helps families who have lost a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. For more information on our organization or to start giving today, visit our website at www.raiseforrowan.org. This podcast would not be possible without the incredible, generous support of organizations like Smead Capital Management, Chris Hallett and Edward Jones, J&I Power Equipment, Olympia Orthopedic Associates, Robert McFadden Real Estate, Vickerman CPA Group, Timberland Bank, Academy Mortgage, and listeners just like you. And now, here's the pod. Welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the nonprofit organization that helps families suffering from the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, uh, on location, yet again, Lauren Adderley. Say hello to the people, Lauren. Hey, guys. Uh, so, as most folks know who've already tuned in, you uh, you went from being our admin assistant here in the office to being a full-time student at the Univers- uh, West Virginia University. So, that's where you are yes. now. I figure what we should start with is a campus life report because okay. uh, speaking as a person who hasn't been on campus in t- almost 20 years – on an actual okay. college campus, it's time to talk about some of the goings-on on on campus, campus life. So, first of all, how have things been going? It's been two weeks now? Two weeks? Three weeks? Uh, I Yeah, three weeks now. Three weeks. Uh, are you settled in? Yeah, I tend I'm fairly settled in. Okay. I mean, I still don't have my side of the room as decorated, but I'm kind of just waiting for... Uh, some things uh, to come through to me, so it'll it'll get there eventually. Okay, because you still not, yeah not... you still have nothing behind you, like absolutely yeah. <laughs> like okay okay yeah it's got a real yeah. like, nice mental institution feel at the moment. You really need to start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you really need to start getting some stuff on there. So that's good to hear that you're um, gonna get there. Yeah, I will. One of my uh, really good friends, he's a photographer. Mm-hmm. And he's been like traveling all over and he takes these like insane pictures of the cities and stuff he's been to. So he's going to send me uh, once he gets um, back from his latest trip, he's going to send me some of his like prints and stuff like uh, online. And then I'll print them off here and get them situated. And there's some stuff I'm looking to buy. But right now I'm kind of just like really wanting to like get in school mode because this is the start of my second full week. So, yeah. uh, yeah. How comfortable is your bed? Is it like comfy to sleep on? Did you oh, get to yeah. bring your own? So, no. So I didn't bring my own because they're just twin XLs. And so it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you just use the one they gave you, yeah. but my mattress topper, which is like the really comfy part, okay. didn't come until like four or five days after I had started living here. Yeah. And I like slept perfectly fine on just the mattress. Like it, you know, people talk about how uncomfortable they are. These mattresses really aren't that uncomfortable. And 
I mean, obviously, my nice memory foam mattress topper makes it more comfortable. Yeah. But it really wasn't bad. Uh, okay. Okay. And how about food? What are you eating over there? Are there any good um, food spots so far on campus? Or are you couple noodles? No. So uh, I've like hit the dining hall, okay. you know, but that just gets, that gets old. Yeah. Um, we have like a little kind of like deli food mart type thing okay. in the, at the main floor of our building. Um, so I'll go there or, I mean, like I also have just like snacks, you know, make like a run to the grocery store and just get some sure. snacks. Sure. Um, I've lately been eating lots of apples and peanut butter. That's been the move. Okay, so far. sure, sure, sure. That's a real um, college food, real college. But like, food. it's it's so good. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, there's a reason. It's a timeless. I'm, it's a timeless food. At least I'm not saying you know like bags of chips and stuff. You know, oh, I'm yeah. going for yeah, apples yeah. and peanut butter. You know, yeah. Um, but I haven't. There's been like a couple spots on campus that I've gotten food. But um, a lot of the food is on the downtown campus. Okay. And I live and have all my classes on the Evansdale. So if I'm not going like to the downtown campus with my friends, I'm mm -hmm. typically not going to the downtown campus. Right. So, I mean, that'll change. And as I start going downtown to like eat more and stuff, but um, nothing like haven't found like the spot yet. Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of classes, because you mentioned them so far, favorite class. What, what's the what's your favorite class you you've taken? It's only been two weeks. Gosh. Yeah. Um, I'd say I'm probably my favorite class so far is probably my exercise psych class. Okay. Um, that one's just like interesting and like my professor's super chill. But like, I don't really have a class that I'm like, oh, I dread going to. Like, sure they're all, they're all pretty good. And then, um, I start taking my athletic training class starting in October. So yeah. I'm like really looking forward to that starting. Yeah. Um, but so far I definitely say like my exercise site class is probably the most interesting of yeah. like what I'm doing. Uh, all right. Final one, uh, campus life with COVID at the moment. So like, uh, what are the, what are, what do events look like right now on campus? Number one. And number two, you mentioned off air that the home opener for football is on September 11th. Um, yeah. are they requiring vaccines to get in? Are they require masks? What's life like on campus with COVID? Um, you know, it's not like it's, it, to me, it's really not too bad. We do have to wear masks in classrooms. Oh, you do? Um, yeah. So they, they, uh, we have like a 30 day like classroom mask mandate for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then um, it's, I mean, it'll probably get extended. But then if it doesn't, then only unvaccinated people have to wear masks in the classroom. Got it. Um, but they're like trying to get the, they're, you know, trying to get the numbers for vaccinations on campus up. And um, do they also, have like a, do they have like a spot? That's offering students an opportunity to get vaccinated. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And they also have spots for testing and stuff. So if you're not vaccinated and like, and you didn't like prove your vaccination, yeah. you have to have a um, negative COVID test right. proven. Right. Um. And so, like the there's a there is a group of students 
um, who are going to the football game this weekend in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And to do that, you have to either have a vaccination or have a negative COVID test within 48 hours of leaving. Mm. Um, So, you know, all of those kind of precautions that are being taken. Um, But, you know, in Washington, it just, you know, I had been wearing a mask yeah. pretty much up yeah, until, so you're used to you know, it. Yeah, I left. Yeah. yeah, so it's, I mean, it's really not that big a deal to me. And, um, you know, I, I definitely would say that I feel safe with, like, everything going on. And yeah. I don't feel like, oh, this is just, like, a breeding ground for COVID. But I also don't feel like I'm being treated, un, fairly. you know, like, fairly, yeah. you know. So yeah. cool. I'd say it's going pretty well. All right, cool, cool. Uh, so this, this week we didn't do an angel profile. Um, I don't know that you know much of this story, Lauren. Um, but, uh, instead we decided to highlight, we are going to highlight an angel, but we're actually going to highlight the siblings of, of that. angel. Right. Uh, this is an awesome, yeah. this is an awesome story. Uh, so we are in February, mid February, February 15th to be exact. We received a, um, a grant request for, uh, Hanoub. Cub. Now, I don't know. I will be honest. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation of it. Yeah, I think because, if, I mean, fun fact, this was my first grant. Was it really? No yeah, way. I, yeah, I started on, uh, uh, I think the 15th was President's Day, so I started on the 16th. Wow. So this was your first yeah. grant. Yeah, this is my first grant. Yeah, so uh, that's amazing. I didn't even know that. So if yeah. you, so we so I can't even remember exactly how it all went, but it was very it was very seamless. We we handled at least fifteen hundred dollars of the family's um, grant. Um, yes, yes, yeah. we did. So to give you a little background on uh, this young angel and his family, um, he his his name is actually uh, I, I the. The direct translation of it is like shooting star. So now they have all these pretty nice. beautiful little stars in their garden, which is really nice. Um, his mm-hmm. family, he has, he has two brothers, two older brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was born, uh, he was born into the family and he was the baby baby. And he unfortunately, mm-hmm. pa- he unfortunately passed very, very early. He, it was only about six, seven months that he was alive. Um, and then, and then really, as we do with most, we, we help the family. Um, and then we we put we put um, we put his picture up on our site. You can actually go to the Angel Gallery and and check it out. And then you know we make sure that we check in with the family. We we will have the Angel Care package sent out to them very soon. Uh, in between that time, however, um, the family was dealing with this grief. Fast forward to about three weeks ago, we get this donation notification. So anytime anybody gives a donation through the website, we get this little notification that says somebody's actually giving you a donation. And usually it's it's every single donation is amazing. They're usually 25, 50 bucks. Sometimes we get $100 donations, but this is how Raise for Rowan has been sort of built over the years. Not huge donations, but these little ones that trickle in. This mm-hmm. donation was $1,500, which is not a donation we wow. see very often. And then no. the description was uh, what was the it was the most interesting. It was the two brothers, the two older brothers, in his name had set up a lemonade stand, wow, and sold a fifteen hundred dollars worth of lemonade in the name of their brother, and had their mom donate it 
to raise for Rome. Which I thought, man, I mean, how amazing is that? So we worked with our partners, our merchandise partners, Berg Marketing, had a couple of exclusive mm-hmm. sh- had a couple of exclusive shirts made that says that say we made lemonade. And their, nice. and their brother's name on it, and took it up to the family and and did a little and did a little uh, photo op on Friday. Talked with the family, talked with their mom, who was delight. And uh, you can hop on our uh, Facebook page and check out the the pictures from that particular meeting and some of the pictures of them actually doing the lemonade stand. But I figured it was a really neat story to highlight that these brothers yeah. actually uh, like set up this lemonade stand. I thought that was so neat. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I figured I'd share that with you and then share that with the people. That is basically this week's angel story. Yeah, no, that was the first grant request that I had that I saw start to finish. I can't believe working it. at Race for that's Rowan. That's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I and and she was such a delight and her boys were fantastic. It was beautiful. Really, really beautiful. So uh, today I want to talk about an interesting topic. Um, We have actually somewhat hit on this before. We've said things like you're beautifully unfinished, so you're like a work in progress. This is more about the fact that you can, the the topic of the day is you are perfectly imperfect. So basically Mm -hmm. what we're trying to say here is that you may feel like a mess after you've lost somebody and that's totally fine. So that's yeah. kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today is how it's okay to feel uh, to feel totally lost, uh, certainly at the beginning. Oh, for sure. Certainly at the beginning. For sure. So, uh, so I want to kind of hit on the very first piece of it. So how long, Lauren, would you say, how different were things for you? How hard was it after Stacia died? Did you find yourself... Um, obviously emotional, but did you find yourself feeling like a mess sometimes feeling, feeling out of place? Can you describe some of the feelings that came after her death? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, I I was out of control of my own life. You know, I had, um, yeah, I think that's the best way to put it is I just felt completely 100% out of control of my own life. And I didn't, it, you just, you don't know how to get that control back. And I think I thought that it was, I think then I was like, well, like, like, what can I do? Why can't I get back on track? Like, you know, what's the answer basically. And there's not one, like it's, you know, it's okay to be a mess after it happens. It's okay to feel out of control and you know all of that's I don't want to say normal because it's not a normal situation you're being put in right but it's it's completely understandable and I think at 13 it just wasn't it just like at 13 14 it wasn't necessarily an understandable thing right to not be you know okay and Mm -hmm. also at that point, mental health really still wasn't that talked about. Yep. And it was, you know, it was like, it, it, it just was, it wasn't, I don't want to say normal, 
but yeah, it wasn't normal for a 13, 14 year old to be like, I'm, my life is out of control. You know, you're in eighth grade. Like Mm -hmm. what do you have to have control over, you know? Um, and so I think that was personally hard for me because it was just like, it was, it was like, I was out of, I was out of control of my own life, but still feeling like I had the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I, and I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't like that. I was just felt like my life was spiraling mm-hmm. out into the, whatever is out there. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, um, I th- yeah, I think that's the best way I can describe it is like it was I felt like my life was spiraling out of control, but I still had the weight of the world on my shoulders. Yeah. Did you feel um, did you share your feelings with folks? And if if not, why not? Uh, not really. I I think I, I, I really do think it goes to my age again. Um I was 13 when it happened, and then, like, four months after it happened, I turned uh, 14. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, 13, 14 when I was really going kind of through the thick of it, and I didn't want to be a burden onto anybody. I didn't want to be a burden yeah. onto my friends. Um, you know, it's it's eighth grade. You're yeah. you're at the top of the food chain in middle school, like <laughs> it's your last year, you know. Yeah, yeah. I so I didn't want to be a burden to my friends. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to be a burden to you know my family because I was like, well, they're just they're going through as much of it as I am. Mm. Um, so I would probably say like around the end of January of my eighth grade year, so I was fourteen at this point. I kind of just like went numb mm. and I kind of just was like, I don't like these feelings. So I'm not going to deal with these feelings Wow! and I'm going to, you know, obviously I still had bad days and I still had times when I saw stuff and I broke down and stuff, but mm-hmm. I definitely was like, I'm just don't want to feel this anymore. So I'm just going to, kind of emotionally go numb a little bit and kind of fake it and fake it till I make it. Yeah. And looking back, I can definitely see like, you know, I lost some relationships um, when that happened. And I, and I don't blame anyone for that happening because mm-hmm. looking back, I wasn't a very fun person yeah, to yeah, be around yeah. because, because even when I was trying to be, you know, kind of a fun person to be around, it was fake. Like that's, you know, I was fabricating that because I thought that's what people wanted from me. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I would definitely say I wasn't, I, I wasn't sitting down with someone and being like, you know, this is what's going on. This is what I'm feeling. Um, but then again, that just, that wasn't, that really wasn't normalized, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's normalized to just, you know, go to therapy. And even if something tragic hasn't happened, just to talk through things with people. Um, but that just, that wasn't talked about. Yeah. Well, you, you, you mentioned one that I wanted to hit on. Um, 
if you uh, you don't have to share, of course, if you don't want to. But did you go to therapy? Did you end up seeking a third party to talk to? Um, I uh, this is a loaded question. So I did and I didn't. Okay. Um, there were points when I was. <clears throat> I'm not going to use the word forced, but where I was brought along. Sure. Um, like a dog, therapy. like a dog going to the vet. Like we're going to the pet yeah. store, buddy. Uh huh. <laughs> and it was never, it was never solo one on one. Oh, um, okay. Therapy that I went to, but um, there were aspects of therapy that I did go to, and I can, I'm like. This isn't a secret. I hated every single second of it. Oh, wow. Really? Um, I stopped going as soon as I, like, could. Mm. I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I had gone when I was, like, in fourth grade for a little bit. I had gone to therapy, and that was a one-on-one -on -one therapy. Um, but, yeah, after this happened, um, it had – sparked um I just think I, I think it sparked things that I didn't want it to and okay I honestly just looking back on it I wasn't ready for that I wasn't ready to sit around in a circle and talk about the trauma that I had just went through mm -hmm. like I um I don't want to say I wasn't mature enough for that but I just wasn't in the headspace to be able to do that yeah. well it also didn't seem like if it's not your choice, it's much more difficult to become open. Right, right, right. And and I went in there not wanting to be there. Right. So I was like, this is going to suck. I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. And for me, it sucked and I didn't want to be doing it. <laughs> so, so, then it, so then if – because a lot of folks – therapy becomes sort of the, the, the thing that helps bring them back. Uh, Bryn talks about right. it pretty openly. She talks about the same thing you talk about, the going numb piece of of her yeah. of her grief at the beginning. She uh, she famously joked on one of her podcasts, although only half a joke, that her diet was basically Diet Coke and Vicodin her first year that she was going through everything. Um, you know, every action she took was an attempt to numb or hide what she was going through. Uh, mm -hmm. until, for her, it was faith, exercise, therapy, those sort of different things that got her through it and got her uh, to the other side, also raised for Rowan and all that stuff. What was it for you? Because you're obviously a person who, who today can compartmentalize what has happened to yeah. you and still yeah. walk every day and breathe every day and do yeah. the things you're supposed to do. So what was it for you, looking back, that did help you finally start to uh, – embrace those feelings a little bit or look at them, that sort of stuff? Um, you know, I really, looking back on it, like, it's it's a handful of people for me. Mm. And that includes um, my soccer team that I had been with oh. um, since I, oh gosh, I want to say, I think I started playing with them when I was like in second grade, maybe. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, some of like my best friends. Um, and then I've talked about her on here before, but Marley who had gone through not exactly yes. what I went through, yeah. but she had gone through the death of her father at a very young age. Um, and so 
I mean, it was, it was those people, you know, with my soccer team, it was, it was people who just, they didn't treat me any different. And like, and that was something I think that was so valuable. Um, And also it was just like on the soccer field, everything just goes away. Like, you know, nothing that's going on in my head um, or going on in the outside world. None of that matters in a game. Yeah. Um, So that was definitely like something to kind of, I think help me start to compartmentalize. Sure. Um, And then just like, I really think like surrounding yourself with the best people possible, like, you know, they're not going to have the right words because no one has the right words, but they're going to be there and they'll sit with you and they'll hear you out. And I mean, for me, that was, that was a saving grace because when I was finally ready and able to open up, you know, I had people that were willing to listen. Yeah. How long would you say if you were to really like take a hard look at it, would you say your very, very difficult uh, part lasted? If you were to say for you personally, the part where it was very difficult to wake up in the morning, where it was very difficult to process, where you were, you were, you're, the majority of your day was thinking about, uh, you know, the accident and not being able to process yeah. things. How long would you say you, you went through that? It's, I know it's different for everybody, but for you personally. Right. I would probably say like a year and some change, Mm. Mm. um, less than like more than 12 months, less than 18 months, kind of in that sweet spot. Um, because yeah, I think that's when, um, and not saying that one day I just woke up and was like, Oh, let's get out of bed today. But I think it was just something that looking back on it, that I just like gradually stopped obsessing. I guess I, I, yeah. Yeah. And I think, and, and I don't want to say like, just stop obsessing over it because that's how can you not, you know, but I think little by little you start, you know, seeing things that make you smile and, um, I really just think eventually, like, it's always going to be on your mind, but kind of one day it just stops being the only thing on your Ah, mind. There you go. There you go. Uh, Okay, so final question. You're obviously on your way to being, like, a healthy, mentally fit adult human being now, even even with the tragedy in your life. Um, You're you're going to school. You're going to join a profession. You're going to do all the things that normal – uh, health, healthy adults do. Um, Mm -hmm. but do you, do you think that without what happened, would you be in the position you're in today without that adversity? Would you be a different person? You think? I I think it has to be, there's no way I'd be the same person because there's certain things that I live my life with that I would have, you know, never learned. Um, but I don't think that, I mean, if it hadn't happened, I'd still be in college, you know, I'd still be going to school for something. Um, I would still be, you know, the hardworking person that I am, 
but there's I think more on kind of like the emotional intelligence side mm. I'd, I'd probably be a different person you know who yeah. knows if I would have ended up on the you know more east coast you know who knows where I would physically be um and mentally I'd probably be in a very different place too yeah. because I had to I grew up pretty quickly because yeah. of what happened um so there's no way I'd be the same person um but I also think for me, like one of the more damaging things that I did to myself was always wonder what person I would be if it hadn't happened. Yeah. Um, because there's no way I'm ever going to know. So I might as well love the person I am with all the baggage that I come with yeah. rather than wish that I was the person who didn't go through what I did. Yeah. But I have no idea what that person's like because yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the 13 year old me before it happened, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be the 18 year old me now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting. That's very good. Thank you for, for, uh, for sharing your honest feelings on all this. We really, I'm sure people will really appreciate that. That's awesome. So, uh, this is our weekly good news topic. I do have a piece of good news. Um, I don't know in your, in your vast studies, if you've had an opportunity to look at good news, it's fine. If you haven't, I can share mine. Um, I, I do have a piece of good news. Okay. All right. Um, so, you know, as we have discovered big sports fan. Yes. Um, and last night, uh, the, O.L. Rain and the Seattle Sounders did a really cool thing where they played at uh, CenturyLink Field mm -hmm. and they did a back to back game against the Portland Timbers and the Portland Thorns. Yeah. And got a shout out uh, O.L. Rain for beating uh, the Portland Thorns and nice. Megan Rapinoe scoring two the two goals. Nice. Uh, so it was just like it was good to be over here and see something um, just like fun happening back at home. Yeah. And it was Jimi Hendrix night for the Seattle Sounders. They, yeah. had, they had like crazy jerseys on. I didn't. Well, I, those, I, those, those purple jerseys, um, those have been their jerseys this whole entire season. They're Jimi Hendrix inspired. Oh, okay. Well, see, that goes to show you yeah. how much, how many, how many soccer games I watch per year. Right. Right. <laughs> You're like, actually, Philip, that's been going on the whole time. All right. Great. Yeah. Well, it was still, it was still neat to see. They were on ESPN. So that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. I have what I think is one of the more unique stories of good news that, that will probably grace this show. So, uh, okay. so the headline reads man found surrounded by dolphins after 12 hours at sea. Have you seen this story? Okay. So there was this man, uh, his name is Rory McSorley. He was stranded. He's 24 years old and he was stranded two and a half miles from the shore of County Kerry in Ireland. And um, mm -hmm. was rescued at around like 8.30 p.m. their time. They spotted him when they saw a pod of dolphins encircling him. They realized wow. that the dolphins understood that this man was in trouble and decided to protect him and try to get the attention of rescuers to rescue him. So uh, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was a, a pretty neat little story right there. Yeah, Dolphins are smart, man. Dolphins know what they're doing. Dolphins know what they're doing. Oh, they're yeah. very smart. 
They're very smart. And oh, you know, yeah. they, they care and stuff. So I thought that was a really neat story. So a set of 12 dolphins rescued this guy off the coast of uh, yeah. off, the, off Ireland this weekend. So I thought that was a pretty I neat mean, story. That'll be a story to tell for him for years now, oh, you yeah. know? So so dolphins are by uh dolphins are my favorite animal in the ocean, just to let you know. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. I've had this I've had this very serious conversation with my kids, and I've come to the conclusion that dolphins are my favorite. And this is pretty much the reason why. They're rescuing gotcha. human beings out there. Yeah. Also, they're pretty very great. they're very playful and you know all this. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Well, anyway, hey, thanks, Lauren, for hopping on. I know we gotta we gotta let you get to class. We are not gonna be the reasons why you fail any classes this year. We guarantee it. Uh, thanks. For, yeah. Thanks for hopping on as usual, and uh, I'm sure everybody will be excited to hear from you next week. Perfect. See you all guys right. later. Bye. Bye.